0: play we bring you an eclectic fortnightly compilation mix of some of our favorite pieces from the many video game soundtracks we've enjoyed over the years hello and welcome joining me leon cox in this sound of play we have joshua Garrity. hello there and ryan Heyman. hi and you listeners have just enjoyed uh anna Manoguchi opening the show with a blast uh and that is another winter from scott pilgrim versus the world the game uh and that was requested by uh community contributor radio protector Um, that game is five years old now can you believe that (laughs) right so on to our own selections and uh, let's start with Josh
1: Okay, so the track I've picked is The Songbird by Gary Shyman, and this is from the Bioshock Infinite soundtrack. Um, I chose this track, oddly, because I was listening to an entirely different soundtrack. Um, mm. The Bloodborne soundtrack, uh, mm. specifically the Blood-Starved Beast uh, track, Uh, got me thinking about uh, music that made me feel on edge and made me feel really tense, but also um, kind of sold the imagery of uh, what I was seeing in front of me as well, just kind of music that was really in sync with the Mm. monster or creature or or actions that were taking place in the scene. And it, it made me remember... The sequence in uh, Bioshock Infinite, where you and Elizabeth are first attempting to escape the tower, and Songbird is chasing you across like ripping up the walls as you 're running through the building and then it that uh, that chase finally ends of you going up to the top of the tower and then falling off of it and going across the the sky rails as this giant bird-like creature chases you and this music um, along with the action that's taking place are, is perfectly in sync with each other. I, I always go back to this idea of sound design and music and the imagery that we see on screen being in sync Uh, that being like a really important thing for me for something to resonate and um, Bioshock Infinite is filled with moments like that where the uh, visual choreography and the music are just so in line with each other and the end result is a piece of music that now that I listen back to it makes me feel on edge, makes me feel tense and makes me uh, conjure up this image of this monstrous creature chasing me through the air and uh, being unable to es- escape this uh, monstrosity. Um, yeah, it's it's a really tense piece of music.
0: Josh and Gary Scheiman for The Songbird. I do remember that sequence well, even though it's been oh, a good couple of years since I played Bioshock Infinite. Now we may re- revisit it at some point for the podcast. We haven't yet uh, covered that one. Um, sure, to generate some interesting discussion. But we have uh, covered the original Bioshock and uh, and its sequel, Bioshock 2. The first one, you'll need to seek it out on iTunes or on uh, com. It was issue 69. And uh, Bioshock 2 was 73. Now, over to Ryan for something completely different.
2: That's right. A little bit of a whiplash here. Um, A really intense track from Josh and a really just super chill track from me. Uh, What I have here is um, both of my selections today are from the Parappa the Rapper series. So I'm I'm working on a little bit of a theme show in the corner. But um, yeah, it's... Uh, it's a series that's obviously known for its music, but I wanted to bring a couple maybe non-obvious choices that people might not have heard before or paid much attention to. And the first track that I'd like to introduce is an instrumental version of the song big from Parappa the Rapper 2, uh, written by Messiah Masura, uh, the lead musician and writer on the series. Mm. And it's, uh, in the In the game, you are uh, shrunken down to the size of an ant and you seek the guidance of this this really uh, really smooth voiced guru ant as he helps you grow big again and his whole uh, his whole motif is just you know accept what's happening to you go with the flow like you know there's nothing that you can't do if you just accept life um, and the, the joke is that it's thrown on its head when when they are reinflated to a size that kind of towers above the entire world. And he starts freaking out uh, in a way that's very non-characteristic of the uh, smooth, under-control ant that he once was. And I, I love the instrumental version of this, um, especially because it draws a lot of attention to the uh, really complex musicianship that goes on in Parappa the rapper 2 there's a lot of really great um a lot of really great sounds a lot of really great music kind of buried underneath the lyrics that you might not pay attention to if you yeah. were just playing the game proper mm. um and so yeah just listening to the instrumental and hearing the um hearing the transition from the really kind of smooth rap beat at the beginning when they're small to the kind of larger than life, um, you know, string section that joins them when they get large. And uh, it's a real kind of shift in attitudes back and forth a couple of times. And I, I think it's a lot of fun. <laughs>
3: thought good going
0: thanks but you're still bigger than your normal size
3: <gasps> you're right make me small again
0: yeah i think uh, we, we went back to uh the parappa trilogy such as it is and we'll hear more from that the odd game out in the trilogy as it were later uh in cana uh, rinse podcast issue 120 and um I kind of feel sad that I sold my copy of Parappa, *The Rapper* two hmm. some years ago now, because there's no easy way of playing it other than getting hold of a of another PS2 copy. It's never been re-released, um, and actually, although I never felt as fond of it at the time as i did of the original and i think you know when when we talked about it on the podcast so many of our listeners were just they i think they just let it pass them by there's so much love for parappa the rapper one the 1997 game mm-hmm. you know it pretty much kickstarted the rhythm action genre in the modern age and uh, uh, you know everyone talks about instructor mussolini and uh, chop chop master onion but there's actually, there's a, perhaps the Rapper 2 is, there's a lot to like in it, and it has got, it's very much got a vibe of its own, that um, I think at the time, you know I, it was like, it was one of those ones where nothing could quite live up to the experience of playing the original for the first time but when I listen back to that track and, and uh, think about some of the others in that game as well, I yeah I kind of really miss them now, <laughs> fortunately we have YouTube, we have umpteen downloadable sites, but Yeah, it's not, you know, it's never quite the same, is it? But um, yeah, I'm sure everyone enjoyed that anyway. How could you not? Unless you really hate funk or grooving. Uh, Right, my first selection. Again, uh, another wild uh, juxtapose moment, uh, as we like to do here on Sound of Play. Um, A game I played all the way through a couple of years ago. Um, was Nino Kuni: Wrath of the White Witch, level 5's game, uh, in conjunction with a, a bit of work from Studio Ghibli and uh, a PS3 exclusive released over here by Bandai Namco. Um, a long, long, long JRPG experience, um, but one that I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, I paid, you know, the original. A digital download price for it when it first came out as a full fifty quid um, and it 's since been you know it's been on sale for insane prices i 've seen it i 'm sure i 've seen it for like four five six pounds so something like that um uh, and you know I recommend that anyone who in, ever enjoyed either a Ghibli film or a JRPG by uh by well, any of the any of the known developers or indeed um Pokemon as well because there's, there's quite a large sort of Pokemon element to this game um, should check it out. It's uh, it's just one of those games where it's a joy to be in the world and uh, one of the things that made it such a joy for me was, was the comedy sidekick character now for me comedy sidekick characters can be massively hit or miss um, there was one I played. Uh, there was a game I played later that same year, 2013. Uh, Tales of Zillia, obviously a long-running series, the Tales series, and and the comedy sidekick in that drove me insane within moments to the point that <laughs> I didn't want to even play the game anymore. But in Nino Kuni, it's drippy. Um, now in in Japan, I think he's known as uh, Suzuku, something like that. But in in the uh, European and and presumably the US. Uh, is he the same? Is he Welsh in the US version? Oh, uh, yes. 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 So that is probably, sli- you know, that reference may be slightly less um, obvious and on the nose if you're in America. But um, obviously to us, it, it, it's very specific in England to this, you know, the country that is off to our our west. Uh, you know, there's a border. You go over a border and into Wales and, um, you know, they have their own language and, and, and all that sort of thing. Um and Air yeah, Drippy is just this really adorable character Voiced by Stefan Rodri Uh, He comes to life as a doll to protect uh, the lead character, Oliver, uh, after tragedy strikes, Um, and he has a lantern hanging from his nose, and he is the self-proclaimed Lord High Lord of the Fairies. Uh, He takes you back to his village, and uh, this is the theme both of uh, his home and of him. And uh, this is uh, composed by, um, well, the soundtrack was uh, a collaboration between uh, Joe Hisaishi, Um, His real name is Mamoru Fujisawa. And you will know his work from uh, uh, Nausicaa Valley of the Wind and Laputa Castle in the Sky and My Neighbor Totoro and etc, etc. And also Ray Kondo, um, who you will know from such games as uh, Okami and Bayonetta and Dragon's Dogma. Um, What an amazing... Lineup of talent, and just to, to ice the cake, uh, is performed by the amazing Tokyo Philharmonic Orchestra. Terrific, dingley-dell-type music. I remember that. Uh, Now, there's not much to say about this one because our contributor didn't have much to say about it, but I felt it was about time that we heard from, uh, once again, the amazing, the genius Yuzo Koshiro. Uh, Rosarius says of this piece from Act Razor on the Super Nintendo, Super Famicom, "'Sad but wonderful music.'" Uh so this now is twenty five years old from the quintet developed game um if you 've never played act razor um you can, I think you can still get it on the Wii Virtual Console so you could uh play it on your Wii or wii u it 's a really interesting game it's it 's half action platformer uh kind of, you know side scrolling sword jumps and and sword guy and half kind of sort of populous come harvest moon. God Sim type affair It's a really unusual game And they didn't even sort of recreate it in the sequel They went for something um, more uh, Straight down the line uh, action platformery But anyway, I digress This is a piece of music from Actraiser doubt we'll be hearing lots more from yuzo Koshiro as time goes on and sound of play continues there's uh, much more from his oeuvre we've yet to enjoy now another game we covered on the podcast a while back back in issue 91 was uh, el shaddai ascension of the metatron josh you have something from that selection
1: yes um i've chosen the track heaven and earth in resonance uh, composed by Mas- uh, masato koda and Kento Hasegawa. Um, I unfortunately couldn't find uh, the specific details as to who uh, composed this track. But, it's always um, hard. But um, yeah, these two composed the whole soundtrack. Um, for those who don't know and haven't listened to the uh, Canaan Rince on El Shaddai, um, the the plot is essentially uh, you are playing a story from the Dead Sea Scrolls, which is kind of like discarded uh, literature from uh, that was at one point was considered to be part of the Bible or maybe wasn't part of the Bible. It's all a mystery, but um, you you play the character. Um, of the metatron or the person who would become the metatron who is the voice of god and you've gone down to earth to take out uh, fallen angels who are sleeping with humans and creating a new form of uh, life called the nephilim um and the Nephilim are like this disgrace to God, like they they offend Him for some reason, and so you have to uh, take you know take out these angels to get rid of the Nephilim. Um, this is like from a from a. From an aesthetic perspective, El Shaddai is kind of uh, astounding. I think both in terms of art direction and music and sound design, um, the, it's it's a tour de force. I, I think it's um, utterly beautiful in every aspect. Um, and this particular track is... Um, used a lot during the fight sequences of the game um the combat is very much uh of the devil may cry persuasion uh, you know your typical 3d brawler uh but this this particular track lent those um those moments of conflict uh, a feeling of poetry uh, kind of a feeling of elegance it wasn't if if it was a Devil May Cry game, you'd have some kind of heavy metal track playing in the background and it would feel kind of intense and you'd feel like some angsty teenager taking out all these demonic forces. Whereas in this game, it kind of feels like you're being told... Uh, like the story of a battle in the form of a poem, and and the music kind of f- feeds into that. It has like this kind of somber, subtle uh, approach to getting across that uh, feeling of conflict. Um, it's a beautiful piece um, from a uh, from a game that has a fantastic soundtrack all round. Mm-hmm.
0: stuff thanks josh and uh we're already on track seven and uh, we return to messiah matsura's wacky world that's right yeah jumping back into the parappa the rapper series with the um
2: the middle entry um jammerlammy the one to not star parappa unless you've beaten the game and are playing it again in which case it can very well star parappa if you choose
0: absolutely yes Um,
2: but anyways this is the this is kind of the the culmination of Lammy's journey Uh, throughout the entire game. She is going through all sorts of trouble to try to get to a concert that she's supposed to play with her band milk can. And uh, you know, they, she runs into all kinds of setbacks and has to make her own guitar from scratch and catch an airplane ride and all these things that she has to do with, you know, like 20 minutes left to get to the show. And She finally gets there and finds that the others had gone through similar crazy journeys of their own. And so they're, you know, kind of running and panting to get on stage. And they finally get up there and deliver this just great performance. You know, it's kind of an underappreciated track. And I think why that is is because it's such a powerful song that and and it's also (laughs) it's also very hard to play. Uh, in the game, it, it's very demanding. Mm-hmm. And so mm. um, it frequently drops you down to the lower levels. And those lower levels don't really sell the power of the song that it <laughs> no. needs. And so, you know, you never really hear the song as it's meant to be heard. But um, but this is Milk Can with um, Lammy on guitar and, and Masan on the drums. And then Katie Cat, who is voiced by Michelle Burks, Doing her vocal performance and playing the bass, and it's uh just an astounding piece. Like, I don't know, it's it's kind of like just girl pop, I would call it. Uh, but Katie Cat does some, I don't know, it's kind of like fun, weird verses that are more s- kind of like uh uh she sings really weird, uh weirdly intonated lines almost as a way mm-hmm. of like challenging Lammy as the guitarist, like, okay, follow this. Uh, but the chorus just absolutely rings through and is so powerful and so confident and so strong and just uh, you know so catchy. Just I love the power of Michelle Burke's voice and just how much dedication she gives this chorus and it just absolutely rings through. And so I love it. Hope it's uh, hope it's okay for you all too. <laughs>
0: uh yes that's uh it was really interesting when when we did go go back and look into these games a bit more for for the uh the, the aforementioned uh issue 120 of the rinse podcast looking at the um uh the the, the cast and um and michelle burks is uh, uh, you you look at her IMDb and it is Parappa the rapper and Um Jamma She she was she was on Katie. She was uh, Cheep Cheep the cooking chicken in the first game, and Katie Cat in the second. Then you look at uh, Sarah Ramirez who played uh, Lammy. Uh, and um, at the at the point she, she got the job as Anja um, she'd only done, uh, she only had one credit, which was uh, a brief appearance as a cashier in You've Got Mail. Um, but since then, she's gone on to a really, you know, really terrific um, American TV career in NYPD Blue and Grey's Anatomy and uh, Law and Order and all this other, all this other stuff. But um, yeah, what what of Katie Cap? very talented vocalist
2: from what we can tell just exactly
0: uh, hiding away somewhere exactly it's a shame uh now to the world of fighting um and a game that i've never ever been any good at whatsoever um still appreciate its incredible presentation and depth um uh, but i've been trying and failing to get any good with any of the characters all versions of this since uh, since it since it first came out in uh, in ninety 1990, i think the virtual fighter one was 92 um anyway virtual fighter 2 94 95 and 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 released multiple times since on various things this uh actually this this version of the tune i've gone for the uh, the saturn arranged version of ride the tiger which is uh, akira's theme because the arcade original is rather blighted by a very tinny sound and some really uh quite unpleasant midi sounding guitars um but the, this theme—I mean, it's just off the charts in terms of its uh, cheesiness, its sort of uh, anthemic. Um, it's, yeah, it sounds it. it it sounds like it's uh, it's it's the the soundtrack to a montage of someone getting ready to for the ultimate showdown. But actually, if you're playing as uh, if you're playing against Akira in the game, this is this is the piece of music you hear at the time. Uh, the music is by Takanobu Mitsuyoshi, who uh, is just uh, just has an incredible um, CV. Although it's, it appears to have gone quiet in the last few years, which is a shame. But between 1990. And uh, 2001, he worked on games like Daytona USA, Sega Rally Championship, uh, Virtual Fighter Kids, Sega Rally 2, and both Shenmue games. So that's pretty amazing. Um, yeah, nothing else to say really other than uh, than this track. Yeah, it makes you feel like even you could do martial arts. <laughs> i definitely can't do martial arts um i had a I had a, a brief dalliance with trying to learn one and it didn't go well I'm far too uncoordinated and undisciplined all i can do is talk apparently right uh we have had eight of our allotted nine tracks for this sound of play already can't believe it um so our final request for this one comes from flavio from the forum This is a series we've heard from before. We had a song from uh, Panzer Dragoon Saga before, but this is the sort of equivalent piece from Panzer Dragoon Orta, the Xbox uh, game that was not by Team Andromeda, but was by Smilebit and came out first in 2002. Flavio says, for consideration I offer Anu Orta Venia or When the Day Breaks from the end credits of the Xbox shooter Panzer Dragoon Orta. It's not going to be to everyone's taste, but it's so far removed from everything else that was going on in in in-game music at that time, I doubt many people will have heard anything quite like it. On vocals here is Eri Ito, not a household name in the West, but the singing voice of both Belle and Mulan in the Far East dubs of the Disney movies, uh, and a regular collaborator with Yuki Kajura on anime soundtracks. Uh, so yeah, this continues the, the tradition of um, pretty uh, astonishing music in the Panzer Dragoon games. Um, and uh, sadly, I found when, when um, on Xbox One, they gave away uh, I can't even remember what it's called, Crimson... Dragon, it Crimson Dragon. I think that it might right. be just Crimson Dragon. I've forgotten. That's that's how much of an impression it made. <laughs> uh, hoping for the spiritual successor, as was uh, as was uh, mooted, but uh, sadly, it's you know, it's it's far from the least enjoyable game I've ever played. But it it didn't really didn't really hold a candle to me for. The uh, the series peaks in with Panzer Dragoons Y and and Saga, but um, that's another another um, much mourned series I suspect for forever now. But um, anyway. It lives on in its music, which we shall enjoy. But uh, before we do, we must remind you that as you've heard once again, it's not just about what we like, musically speaking, uh, on this Sound of Play podcast. So please do venture over to our forum at canorince.com and request your favourites and other pieces of interest. And we'll continue to include a selection in every single podcast uh, we haven't had too many new requests recently so if you don't want us to run dry and if you we haven't played something that you're particularly in love with yet just tell us and the chances are it'll be put out there for everyone to hear uh, until the next sound of play it just remains for me Leon to thank Josh and Ryan and once again to leave you with uh, Sayori Kobayashi and Yutaka Minobi mm-hmm.